You're listening to the Stag Sports Network Podcast, only on FairfieldStags.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Stag Sports Network Season Outlook Podcast. As we continue moving on through this fall spring combo semester, we actually have another sort of a championship outlook podcast. Is uh, I'm JJ Duke, and I'm joined now by the director of rowing, Dave Patterson. And Dave, first off, thanks for spending a little bit of time to chat with me here today. And we're coming up right now at the busiest point of the season for Fairfield rowing. And at this time of the year, this is really where it just gets exciting, right? Championship season, nothing better. Absolutely. Um, you know, the trailer's loaded. The men are going to go down to Philadelphia tomorrow for the Dad Vale Regatta racing on Saturday. Um, you know, we've, we, we've just been excited to have a season at all. And, you know, just being able to compete again has been super exciting. But it, it's kind of also been limited. Um, you know, we've kept our competitions local and against competition that we've not had much competition against you know, got to be honest um so we've won easily um and so we're going to go to the dad vale and it's going to be a much different story uh you know the, there's going to be some absolutely top quality crews to go up against and you know we're just so excited to go up against fast boats to see how far we've come yeah so i'm curious about that and you could talk for on both sides of your program because you said it is a season unlike any other and that's obviously a phrase that we've all heard too much and you know, candidly, we're just hoping that it's going to stay for this year and nothing more after this, but it has really changed the progress and changed kind of the training. So for your groups specifically, how have you been able to manage throughout this season? Oh, it's, uh, no, it's, it's it's been very tricky. I mean, we've on, on the coaching front, um, you know, we had, Casey Fuller, who was looking after the men's program and doing an awesome job with it. Um, but part and parcel of having Casey was his own personal ambition to try and get onto the national team. And he went off to Olympic trials, uh, I think it was like end of February, and he was competing in the single skull event. And, you know, we, we, you know, we were all hoping for the best for him. Um, but, you know, there was a part of me that was like, well, this is the first time he's ever raced in the single. So, you know, this is going to be the learning experience for him. And bless him, the lad went and came eighth place um, out of the thing that was 23 entries. And so that was phenomenal. So that put his name on the map and he got invited to stay down in Florida and train uh, in the quads group for a second round of Olympic trials a couple of months later. So, you know, in, in terms of getting the men prepared and planning, um, you know, it was bittersweet because we had a great guy running the program and he had a tremendous personal success and so we wished him well and then we had a graduate student thankfully um who was able to step in and help guide the men to the end and you know as as you know a program in terms of coaching staff i'm eternally grateful to matt sutter for taking on that role and helping them through um and he's done a great job as well so you know the the team have rallied around casey and his success they rally around matt who sort of inherited you know the the, the guys uh, when Casey wasn't able to come back to us. Um, so, you know, th they've all done an amazing job um, and they've worked hard. They've worked hard. Uh, so that was the men's side um, on the women's side now. Yes. Okay. Um, so yeah, myself and my assistant, John Brisson have been working with the women and in terms of squad size, it's sort of, you know, the, the, the women's program is about twice the size of the men. So when you look at the coaching 
realm, you know, every coach has roughly been working with the same number of athletes. Um, so the, the issues with the women, are sort of, it's, it's more historical. Um, you know, we go back to the championship in 2019 and it, it wasn't it wasn't a good year for us. We had 14 seniors that year and then it turned out the graduation and the conference championship were on the same day. And suddenly our 14 seniors became two seniors. Um, you know, we literally lost arguably our varsity eight um, who chose graduation. Um, and so, you know, it was probably our lowest ebb in terms of conference performance. Uh, we ended up placing seventh uh, out of nine schools that were competing. So we were, we were on fire last year and we were really, really making good progress and you know, got to March and like everyone else got shut down. So, you know, we've, we've had a group that's been, and, and actually there's only two people that graduated that year from the senior class. So, you know, we've had that same group back still fighting to sort of prove that we were faster than we were in 2019. So um, we've had a great season so far. Um, I'm going to do a little shout out, if I may, to the second varsity eight. Uh, it's not, not quite the same story as baseball, uh, given that incredible run that they have. But, you know, our second varsity eight has finished the regular season undefeated. Three races, not 26. <laughs> but, um, you know, they're undefeated. And that's, that's tremendous success for our second varsity eight, which... Historically, actually, it's always been sort of the problem boat for us. You know, everyone's gunning to be in the varsity eight. You know, it's the top boat. And then people have often had great success in the four because it's a different boat. The second varsity eight has always had this, oh, we're not in the varsity eight. But this group has really just rallied. And they go out every day in training and just grind the varsity eight every day, <laughs> um, which makes the varsity eight faster. Uh, and, you know, it means the second varsity eight aren't backing off their task of doing well in their race. So really excited to see how the varsity eight goes. Um, you know, there's a lot of individuals in there that really, as I say, want to set the, you know, the record or, or improve the record from 2019. It wasn't about setting the record straight. You know, where we placed in 2019 was fair. Um, but, you know, the second varsity eight is super exciting and pretty, pretty pumped for the four as well. You know, I think, we, I think it's going to be good. Um, but then, of course, we've also got the, the, the challenge in our conference is the spread, you know, Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference with two schools in, from Florida. Um, and as we all know, uh, there was no COVID in Florida. Ah, joking. Um, but, you know, the, the, the Florida schools have been training since September and we've been on the water since March. And we've all had different set of circumstances. I know Marist has been on the water for a week. And they're still going to be very fast. Um, so we just don't know. We don't have the cross-references. We don't know whether we're fast in conference. I mean, I know we're competitive with Sacred Heart and Manhattan and Iona. And, um, you know, they've raced, Sacred Heart has raced Canisius and Robert Morris, who's in the conference. And, you know, they did well against those two programs. Um, no one knows anything. <laughs> what can I say? No one knows anything. Uh, we're going to go to that conference championship on the 16th and just attack it, have fun, go fast and see where we end up. Well, that's the interesting point that I was curious to hear from you. So because you said that there's not a lot that you can base your groups around other teams, you're talking about your women's second varsity eight boat. They're able to go out every day in training and push the first eight boat to their limits. Does it almost feel right now like you need that great internal competition to make sure that if anything else, you know that you got 
your both both of your groups pushing each other every day. So at least you have some barometer to say, okay, well, we've got great competition here. Now we can go and try and push against the schools that quite frankly, we don't know anything about, but at least we're going to give go a good fight. Yeah. I mean, you know, both, both boats, they've, they have had that opportunity to compete. Um, I mean, the second varsity eight had one race against sacred heart where, you know, the, they won by something like a tenth of a second. I mean, it was very, very close. So they've they've had that in race competition, but um, you know, both Varsity Eight and Second Varsity Eight, they're not going to have any culture shock getting on a race course, getting against fast crews. Because to your point, and as I was saying, you know, they they've put themselves through that physical, mental, emotional stress of competition every day all by themselves, which is again so exciting from a coaching perspective because. That's been that's something that's not necessarily been there in the past. So this is a really good group. It's an exciting group. Absolutely. Now, one of the other things that's kind of interesting, this is taking off of the water, if you will. But recently it was announced that Fairfield Rowing got a new training facility, uh, which I've seen the photos uh, before. It looks spectacular. Uh, For those that don't know, kind of break it down. What is uh, the new training facility got inside and how much is that an advantage for your group? Not only for the fact that you have another a new training facility, but one that is top notch and could be a great recruiting tool. Absolutely. Um, so h- historically, um, we were we were very lucky um, in the space that we had in Alumni Hall. Um, you know, it was a, a huge space, but there was still limitations. You know, it's like, you know, we can't be in there. Um, can't be in, still there. Sorry, yep. Um, can't be in there um, at certain times when basketball were playing and when other things were going on. So it wasn't necessarily exclusively ours, and um, and it was always temporary because even when we moved into that space in uh, Alumni Hall, we always knew Alumni Hall was coming down. Um, so this was a great opportunity. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. When we knew Alumni Hall was coming down, and we didn't know what space was going to be made available i was i you know i was struggling i was like i don't know where we're going to go um and then through you know the facilities people and the athletics administration um I, they know spaces on campus better than i do and they found this space and you know the, the, it was presented to me as a sort of a shell and i was like yeah this could work um but from that point on it was about you know converting that shell of a space into a really nice top-notch facility and you know it's 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 definitely a home for the team you know it's our training space and that's something that I think we're going to take a lot of pride in and we're going to take advantage of it as well you know, we've got ample opportunity to get in there and do all the extra work that we need to do it's you know a space that we can call our home recruiting wise yeah people come on campus they can see that Fairfield Rowing exists you know we we have a space we are real it's, it's bold um, it's very visible and very proud of it. Um, training facilities, we've got lots of equipment in there. So there's room for 30 rowing machines. We've got nine bike erg machines. They've become all the rage these days. Um, so we've got lots of equipment, lots of space, and uh, looking forward to really being able to get in there and work. Um, obviously, there are still that limitations of, sort of social distancing right now, where, which is fine. You know, We've got plenty of time and plenty of space to get the team in and um, smaller groups but hope hoping that facility gets opened up so you know full team practices 30 rowing machines going all at the same time be a little noisy uh there's gonna be a lot of energy a lot of energy in that room absolutely and kind of lastly with the progress that you're hoping to see out of the teams in championship season plus this new 
uh, training facility that you guys have. How far do you think that this has come along with your program to know that, okay, so we've got all these things in place, training facility there, hoping for top finishes in a few weeks time. How far is really the ceiling uh, for this Fairfield rowing program on both sides? And where do you think we can see this group in a few years time? Um, you know, I mean, with this, there's always a want list, isn't there? I mean, every coach has their shopping list and everyone wants more. Um, the one thing that, you know, I'm happy to say, excited to say is, you know, for all the things that we want, we're chipping away at the list. Okay. So things are, you know, you know, we're getting new boats. We've got this new erg room. We've got this new space. You know, there's always going to be a couple of things that we're going to look for a little extra, a little more. Um, but you know, we're not expecting transformation overnight. But if we keep on chipping away and keep on finding, you know, solutions to all, all, the, you know, the, the things that we need, um, I think we could be very, very well set up. Um, again, it's it's exciting. It's an exciting time. Um, you know, we've had really good boats in the past, and I think things are setting up to not just have good boats occasionally, and that's the real challenge. Um, you know, we we've had good boats. You know, we always harp on about it but you know in 2013 you know we won the varsity eight title um for the women at the mac uh, which is obviously the premier event um you know but there the the challenge is to not be first one year and seventh the next it's um you know who, who in the conference is establishing themselves as always being first or second you know it's like you know if if they don't win the person that beats them become the champions and um, historically that's marist um, so, you know, we want to be up there challenging Marist and Jacksonville and Stetson, um, all the programs. I mean, all the programs are getting faster. It's the, the Mac rowing in general, um, has come a long way in the past sort of eight years since the automatic qualifiers came in, which is a big transition for the conference. Um, but you know, once we got that automatic qualifier, we became a place where people were like, Hey, if we go to this conference, we go to this school in this conference and win, we get to go to NCAAs. And prior to that, that wasn't the case. Um, so, you know, we're not at our peak yet. Um, got a lot of work to do, a lot of growth to do. And as I say, it's because we are chipping away at all the things that we've been needing, um, we can get there. We can get to that peak of consistency. Definitely. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing how all of your boats shake out over the next couple of weeks over the various championship meets. Dave, I appreciate the time and best of luck in the next few weeks. Thanks so much. Really appreciate the time uh, if you talk to me. Absolutely. So that's going to do it for today's Stag Sports Network Season Outlook podcast. Make sure to stay with us on all of our different shows here on this platform and stay up to date with all the latest news across Fairfield Athletics, fairfieldstags.com, and make sure to check out all of our social media handles. So I'm JJ Duke signing off, and we will see you all next time. Thank you for listening to the Stag Sports Network podcast. For past and future podcasts, visit fairfieldstags.com.